Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by co-founding pastor John Ferguson as we continue the series, Hope for Everyone. If you're new, we'd love to learn your name. Simply text CONNECT to 630-793-6399 and we'll send you more information about community. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. John Ferguson, and I am so glad you joined us today. I'll tell you what, if you have access to the chat, tell us where you're watching from. It's good to find out what neighborhood, community, city, state, or even country, now that we have people watching us from all over the world. And again, welcome today. You know, I'm always fascinated when something is designed for one purpose, and then it ends up having a completely even better application. It's designed for one purpose, but ends up having a completely different, even far superior application. For example, did you know that Duct tape. Duct tape was originally called duct tape. Duct tape was first used in the military to keep moisture out of ammunition cases. And because it was waterproof, soldiers began to refer to it as duct tape. They quickly discovered this tape was useful for all sorts of things like repairing tents, guns, vehicles, and who knows what all else. Eventually, it was manufactured and they changed the color from army green to this color that matches the duct work in your house. But I think we would all agree there's hardly been an invention known to man that was more vital than duct tape. All right, but how about the Frisbee? (laughs) Yeah, 150 years ago, William Russell Frisbee was a baker in Connecticut. His pies were super popular on the East Coast. And he would sell them in a lightweight pie tin that he stamped his name Frisbee on the bottom. Some Yale students back in the 1940s got a hold of these pie tins and found that if you'd sail them through the air, they would go a long, long ways. They created a fun game out of it. Well, Whammo got a hold of the idea and started manufacturing these. They've sold over 200 million Frisbees since then. William Russell Frisbee, his bakery, it's been out of business for decades. One more. <laughs> How about the paper towel? When was the last time you used a paper towel? Maybe the Quicker Picker Upper or some other brand. I don't know, to clean up a mess or mop up a spill. Of course you've used it. But did you know that a paper towel's original intended purpose was to be toilet paper? True story. Paper towels were originally intended to be toilet paper. But in the manufacturing, it rolled up too thick and couldn't be used for toilet paper. But you know what? Maybe that explains why so many people were hoarding toilet paper and paper towels a few months back. Now, I'll tell you what. I hope that every time you see duct tape, sail a Frisbee, or use a paper towel, you will think about how stuff can be repurposed. Because, you know, repurposing isn't just something that happens to products around the house. It actually happens in our lives as well. I don't have to tell you that, uh, you know, life doesn't always turn out like we plan, does it? I mean, we get repurposed. Our plan A quickly turns into plan B. I mean, I think we would all agree that the last eight to nine months have been nothing like what we planned for 2020. I mean, this pandemic was not plan A. The isolation and the stress, the uncertainty about almost everything from our finances to our health. And now, I mean, it's looking like Christmas probably won't turn out quite likely planned either. 
I mean, in many ways, 2020 feels like a plan B year, doesn't it? But you know what? My hunch is that many of you would probably say, but you know what, John? My life hasn't turned out like I planned. Maybe not even remotely as you planned. Well, what many of you don't know is that I was supposed to have an entirely different vocation myself. True story. Now, I love what I do. I really do. But my plan A was to have a 20-year career in the NBA, making about $25 million a year. Yeah, you know, a few weeks ago during the NBA draft, I felt just a little twinge of disappointment. I thought maybe I still had a chance. I mean, just because I'm not that tall, I'm slow, and I can't jump, don't let that fool you. I can still shoot. Now, I'm joking, but I've always loved basketball, and that's not a joke. I mean, when I was a kid, we would chip the ice off the driveway so that we could play in the winter. We'd rig up lights so that we could play at night. Until I was way older than I care to admit, I wanted to play in the NBA. That was plan A. But the truth is, I've had other more realistic plans uh, that didn't go as I hoped. And my guess is that as many of you have watched your plan A slip away too, you can relate to what I'm saying. And it's difficult to face something beyond plan A. And even as you look at this past year, uh, maybe you look back and you say, you know, you see that maybe a job has been lost. Relationships came to an end. A business failed. Your health declined. Good friends moved away. Oftentimes things just don't go like we dreamed. And it's difficult, even painful. But as we look at another character in the Christmas story, we are reminded that what can look like a disaster might be where we find unexpected purpose. What can look like a disaster might be where we find unexpected purpose. See, yes, there is hope beyond plan A. There is hope beyond plan A. So today we continue our Christmas series, Hope for Everyone. The Christmas season, or as you know, some call it Advent, is a season of hope and expectation. And at that first Christmas, the people of Israel had been waiting and hoping for the coming Messiah for not just decades, but centuries, hundreds of years. And many people were losing hope, thinking maybe just maybe God wasn't going to really come through on his promises. And I would say that many of us probably find ourselves in that same situation this Christmas season. We're losing hope, not only because this past year hasn't been what we hoped for, but maybe our lives haven't been what we hoped. I mean, we thought at this point in our lives would be so much different. We'd be at a different place, further along than we are right now. Something would look or feel different than it is right now. We had plan A, and now it feels like we're, well, we're settling for maybe plan B, C, or I don't know, maybe even Q. You know, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, uh, she knew something about life not turning out like she planned. If she were here, she'd probably raise her hand and say, hey, look, my life turned out not even remotely like I planned. I mean, Mary's plan A was that she would be a, a young lady with honor and dignity and a, and a nice, stable home life. And while I think we'd all agree she ended up with a different kind of stable, that is for sure. But in that ancient culture, virginity was highly honored. And Mary maintained the esteem of her family and friends, but she still ended up with plan B, to be the mother of a child out of wedlock and her only alibi being that she was conceived, this baby was conceived by this Holy Spirit. Now, imagine trying to convince your friends and family that this child inside of you was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that would be scandalous. How would you convince them of that? You know there would be talk. This was not plan A. And if they applied the letter of the law to Mary in that day, she could be stoned to death for this. There's some cultures that 
still practiced that. This, again, was not plan A. I mean, Mary's plan A included a man she loved, someone she could count on, and all the security that that would bring her in that day. But then an angel comes to her and declares, God has a surprise for you. You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. Now, you have to imagine what that was like for Mary. The angel come and says to her, God has a surprise for you. (laughs) You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. I mean, right then, Mary knew her plan A was over, out the window, done. This new plan was irreversible. Enter something far beyond plan A. And when Mary hears these words from this angel, I mean, she had no idea how Joseph would respond. As a matter of fact, she had every reason to believe that, you know, he would do the opposite of what she'd hoped. The cultural norm would have been for him to leave her, for her to be on her own, left to fend for herself and this newborn child in a culture where it was extremely difficult for a woman to to get on by herself. And although Mary was hearing from God, unlike you and me, she wasn't reading this from the Bible. She wasn't following a script. She didn't know how the story would come to an end. Plan B came with all sorts of questions. It did not come with a limo and a five-star hotel. It came with a donkey and no room at the inn. Mary could have fought against these turn of events or been defeated by it. But you know what? In spite of everything she faced in this moment, Mary responded with these incredible words. And she said in Luke chapter one, verse 38, follow along. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I am the Lord's servant, she said. May everything you said about me come true. I mean, this is an incredibly courageous response. I mean, how in the world did this young, innocent girl have the courage to respond and move forward beyond plan A? Well, I think if we look a little bit closer in the story and we back up just a little bit, I think we can find out what maybe provided her the courage to move beyond her plan A and into plan B. Gabriel appeared to her in Luke chapter one, verse 28, and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Lord isn't just for you. He's not just cheering you from the sidelines. He's with you. He's with you. See, Mary didn't just say yes to just anyone. She said yes to the Lord who highly favored her. She said yes to the Lord who was with her. Instead of focusing on all that was lost in plan A, Mary said yes to God in his plan B. And when she chose to trust him, something remarkable happened. Mary's plan A, you know, it was to live an ordinary life, but plan B was filled with extraordinary purpose. Was it easy? No, but her life became more meaningful than she could have ever imagined. Plan B came with extraordinary purpose. But I'll tell you what, let's think about our own lives. I mean, how do you respond when the twists and turns come your way? What's your reaction when you see your plan A slipping away? I mean, some of us aren't on plan A because of poor decisions we made ourselves and they have left us feeling like a failure or someone who just isn't good enough to make plan A work. And so we can let what's happened define us. We can let it define us, and we do that, don't we? For others, someone or something threw our plan A out the window. We didn't you know, choose to grow up in a family ravaged by addiction, abuse, 
or divorce. We worked hard at our marriage. We gave our best to our job. We did everything we could to stay healthy. And, and I mean, this year, nobody asked for this pandemic. But often our plans just don't play out the way we drew them up, do they? And it's no fault of our own. And it's so easy to let plan B defeat us. And I think it's also easy to kind of look around and boy, it seems like everybody else seems to be living out their plan A. But you know, when I have conversations with people, I often find that, well, they're not really living out their plan A either. They're also living out their plan B, C, or D. And so when plan A goes out the window, it can define us or it can defeat us. But there's another opportunity. Plan B can also develop us. Plan B can actually develop us. For example, you know, I think we can all agree that how we are living out our faith right now is nothing like what we thought we would experience. I mean, this feels very much like a plan B, doesn't it? I mean, who would have ever guessed that for eight to nine months, we would actually have no in-person gatherings as a church? I mean, something that that we've been doing for decades, hardly even giving it a thought for centuries all over the world. And and now we're just not. And it's not been easy. And I I mean, I, I, I miss coming together to worship with family and friends. I long for the opportunity to sing loudly, raise my hands without a mask. I can't wait to come together again and, you know, with a warm embrace or a firm handshake. But you know what? I also believe that maybe just maybe God is doing something new and even better in this plan B, in spite of how difficult it may be. I mean, did you know that we are reaching people in places now that we never dreamed possible through community online? People far, far away, or they're actually finding their way back to God, connecting to small groups, getting engaged, can't wait to be with us when we're in person. This might not have ever happened otherwise. And I know we're all suffering from Zoom fatigue, but our small groups are finding that you can actually experience authentic Christian community online. And they're doing that every week. People separated by hundreds, if not thousands of miles are still connecting in small groups. We're also starting smaller micro expressions of church called 3C communities led by people who have nine to five jobs. The church has not been stopped in this pandemic. And I can tell you for me personally, I I feel like God has just taken me to a deeper, more personal place through these last eight to nine months, that if I hadn't walked through this, I don't think I would have experienced it. And so I wonder, as painful as these eight to nine months have been, could it be that in this crisis, God is giving birth to something extraordinary in you and in me that we might not have ever otherwise experienced? Here's something I want all of us to take a hold of today. As we live into our plan B, C, D, or whatever it might be, I want you to understand that those same words that Mary heard from the angel Gabriel apply to you and to me. You are highly favored. You are highly favored. That's right. Jason, you are highly favored. Anna, you are highly favored. Bill, you are highly favored. Janelle, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That's what the angel said to Gabriel. That's what God is saying to us today. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Tell you what, if you have access to the chat, tell somebody that the Lord is with them right now. Just tell them right now. Or if you're with somebody and you're in this together watching this, turn to that person and say, you know what? The Lord is with you. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. See, 
When plan A falls apart, I think it's so easy for us to feel like God has abandoned us, he's left us, or maybe he's against us. There have been times when I felt that way. I felt all alone. I've wondered how could God let happen what he's letting happen? And I feel like maybe he's not with me or maybe he's, he's abandoned me somehow, but nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus reminds us of these words right here. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let me tell you that far beyond your plan A and well into your plan B, Jesus is still here. And I don't know the specifics of your plan B, the challenges you've experienced, the disappointment, the pain, the heartache that has come with it, but God still wants to birth something beautiful in you. I really believe that. And holding on to that truth that you are highly favored can give you the courage to walk forward with hope. Knowing that God is with you can empower you to trust him with your future. And just like Mary, you will find in your plan B, C, D, or Q that God can give birth to something extraordinary. Here's what it sounded like for Mary to say yes to plan B. She said, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. And God used her to change the world. And in that moment, she chose not to let plan B define her or defeat her, but instead She allowed God to develop her into the person he wanted her to be, the mother of the Savior of the world. Here's my question for us today. What if in plan B, God wants to give birth to something extraordinary through you? What if in plan B, God wants to give birth to something extraordinary through you? Don't let your plan B define you. Don't let it defeat you. Ask God to let it develop you. It's so easy, isn't it, to stay stuck in the rut of what we've lost in plan A? But we don't have to stay there. Like Mary, we can choose to trust. We can say yes to God in plan B. Author Pete Wilson writes these words. He says, your dreams may not be happening and things aren't turning out the way you expected, but that doesn't mean your life is spinning out of control. It just means you're not in control. It's in those moments you can learn to trust the only one who has ever had control in the first place. It's funny how in this pandemic, we suddenly think we've lost control. The truth is we've never really had control in the first place. Now it's just more obvious. There's a classic hymn called Blessed Assurance. And it was written in the late 1800s by a woman by the name of Frances Crosby. I grew up singing this song in church when I was a kid. Maybe some of you did as well. But but take a look at these words on the screen here. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my savior all the day long. Something interesting about Frances Crosby, her her father died when she was only one years old. She was left to be raised by a single mom. And during the first six months of her life, she had developed an infection in her eye. And the antiquated medication that they provided her in that day actually wreaked havoc on both of her eyes and she was left blind for life. At the age of 15, she enrolled in the New York School for the Blind. At the age of 22, she could play almost every major instrument and had a contract to publish music. Through the course of her career, she penned over 8,000 hymns. Publishers asked her to take various pseudonyms so it wouldn't look like she was the only person they published. 
She married without ever seeing her husband. She died without ever seeing her mother or knowing her father. But when asked about her blindness, she said this, if perfect earthly sight were offered me tomorrow, I would not accept it. I might not have sung hymns to the praise of God if I had been distracted by the beautiful and interesting things about me. Francis Crosby clearly said yes to God in plan B. And because Mary said yes to God in plan B, God birthed in her the one who offers you and me a blessed assurance that Jesus can be ours. And if we want God to birth something extraordinary in our lives, we've got to respond like Mary responded. We've got to say yes to him, even when what we're saying yes to might seem like a less than promising plan B. And I don't know what your plan A, maybe it was to, to get married and to have a couple of kids and, and live that picture-perfect family life. Maybe your plan A was to be financially secure and never worry about the future. Maybe your plan A was to stay healthy physically and you worked real hard to get there. For most everybody, your plan A right now, this month, was probably just to have a normal Christmas with family and friends. But your plan A is not working out and plan B isn't anything like what you hoped for. But what I want you to remember this Christmas is this. Mary was a young girl who faced the same dilemma. Her plan A was crumbling. But when she said, yes, I am the Lord's servant to to the one who promised to be with her always, God birthed in her a baby who grew up to be a man who lived and died because he loved you and would rather die than live without you. And that can give you hope in your plan B. And I've had plenty of plans that haven't worked out like I hoped. Uh, Even this past year, I had plans that were completely crushed. Nothing like what I dreamed or hoped. But I could tell you, I feel like one of the most blessed men on the planet. And it's not because I have a picture-perfect family or I'm financially secure. It's because one day I said yes Yes to the one who was born to that teenage girl some 2,000 years ago who said yes to God and her plan B. And that gives me a blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. I'll tell you what today. Don't let your plan B define you. Don't let it defeat you. Instead today, ask God. Ask God to let it develop you and watch him do something extraordinary. Let's pray. Father God, I I just pray today uh, that the story of Mary, uh, that that teenage girl who who had a plan A for her life, but yielded to you and said, I am the Lord's servant, and went ahead with plan B, and in doing so, birthed the Savior of the world. God, I pray that we would find hope in that. We would find courage in that. We would recognize, Lord, that, that you are with us always, that we are highly favored by you so that we don't have to let our plan Bs define us or defeat us, but instead, through you, they can develop us and you will do something extraordinary. We pray this in your name. Amen.